Welcome to Source Material. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jared Ballou. I'm one of your co-hosts, Marissa Gall. And this is our technically our second episode, um, still talking about To Kill a Mockingbird, but we are doing our first footnotes episode. So this is a little bit different than what our first episode was. This is going to be a regular thing we do for for each um, source material yeah. adapta- adaptation comparison where we're just kind of going over anything extra we didn't feel fit in the original comparison of just comparing the adaptation to the source material um so it's gonna vary a lot depending on what which one we're talking about yeah well yeah for this one we're gonna dive into go set a watchman which is yeah that's gonna be the bulk of what we're talking about probably and i'm 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 so we'll see where the conversation takes us though it's going to take us down a lane where I get angry at everyone else for getting angry about things that they know shit about. All right. Strap I'm going to let in. you, I'm going to let you start then. Cause you obviously <laughs> have, uh, I have opinions about this and I think it goes against a lot. Well, of, you better. Otherwise, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> so yeah, I think it's a common misconception that ghost at a watchman is a sequel to, to kill a mockingbird. And that is not yeah. the case at all it is actually so for those who don't know ghost head and watchman is harper lee's second her second novel, novel came out in 2015 and um it was kind of pushed by harper collins harper collins as a sequel is kind of what it what they yeah that's how they described it how they described it incorrectly which garnered a ton of buzz this right. was the biggest um, like pre-order biggest event and it had the most pre-orders since the last Harry Potter book which which was 2007 so it's eight year gap there mm. but I mean when you think about it what it really takes for a book to have like a midnight release and have, a, have it be a huge event right it's so rare I mean Harry Potter was one thing you know that was and a that- global phenomenon but when you think about books in general I mean the only other book I can think of right now that might get that is like the next Game of Thrones book that will probably have it, which will never be released. Because I'm sorry, George R. R. Martin, his clock I'm holding is out ticking. hope for for this year. Maybe I next hope year. his heart holds out because he does Don't not look just like knock a healthy on man. Some wood. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm saying what everybody else is thinking slash making memes about. Also, have you seen a picture of George R. R. Martin when he's young next to Kit Harrington? I have eerily similar. I have, and I hope things go better for Kit. <laughs> in terms of, you know, overall health and well-being. Hey, you know what, though? As far as success career-wise, he he couldn't do much better than George R. R. Martin. Here's so. all I'm saying. George, if you're listening, stop writing fucking companion books and finish what you've got. He's, finish it. He's not listening. I know, but, like, I'm putting it into the, you know, the universe. Right. And I'm hoping that it reaches yes. him. Yes. Because, you know, the last season starts in a little over a month. Yeah, but, I mean... So just the fact that it was this big event, the, the Ghost Huge. of the Watchmen coming out, the fact that it had uh, the most pre-orders um, since the last Harry Potter book and there was midnight releases. Was that just for Amazon or was it like widespread? I believe it was widespread. Well, yeah. Considering the number of people who get their books on Amazon, that makes sense. 
but maybe it was just Amazon. It might just I, be it might have just statistics. been Amazon, but I know they had a lot of they, that a lot of stores had in their releases and stuff. Like I I remember so, when I mean, it, was it was announced. It was a big event when it came out, right? I it remember was, that. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember it too. If it was, I had just graduated college because I remember when that book came out. You know, Adult Scout is still. Well, she's not narrating it. That's what's unique about right. this book. Right, she is the character. She's, she's a character, but she is not narrating it. No, she's, yeah, it's, yeah. Which is a departure from the, not the original, because Ghost at a Watchman is the original. And I think people don't understand that. Right. And it bothers me, because I think it's really important to understand right, so how that, it's that's, transformed. That's, that's, I think that was a, there was a lot of controversy about this book. And I yeah. think that was a big, big part of it was how they how they kind of promoted it promoted it as a sequel well, and yeah. when when you read it especially back to back like back we did back to back like we did you notice i mean there's detail big changes that you're like there's no way this was a sequel there's it's oddly a mix of big changes and also verbatim descriptions yeah exactly and dialogue that, that was the thing that jumped out to me at yes. first was when she was describing some certain things like I don't remember the town and she was describing maybe the Cunninghams the Cunninghams and her point. aunt her aunt that was one the, yeah the descriptions were verbatim like whole I don't know half page descriptions were yeah word for word from To Kill a Mockingbird yeah so that was the first thing that kind of jumped out at me like oh this is there's no way this is a sequel no because you can and also I noticed a lot reading it there are a lot of typos really Yes. I didn't catch those. I caught a lot of them and I have notes in my actual book. I didn't, I didn't make references to it, but there's a lot of typos. So that must mean they really just took this manuscript and they did very little to it. it. And I don't know if they, which makes no sense to me because if you're touting it as a sequel, I would think that maybe they would want to flush it out more. Money, money grab. But yeah, it seems like a money grab. A money grab, which I enjoyed, I will say. I I thoroughly enjoyed reading this for, book. For the parts where it's lacking but and, fault, and it has faults, I don't... I can see why someone yeah. might have been upset by it. Because I came into it knowing what it kind of what it was. It was like this yeah. first draft um, and not a sequel. But, but I think a lot of people assume it's the sequel when really yeah. it was her well, here's original you, story. I mean, if I hadn't read the book recently, like to kill mockingbird re, before I, right before I read to go set a watchman, I don't know what I, if I would have caught some of the details that, right. That made me realize it wasn't a sequel. Well, so I, I could see a lot of people just reading this book and thinking, Oh, this is a sequel. Misremembering. Right. Relying on their memory of reading the book years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a lot of changes. I think one of the biggest ones is how they describe the trial with Atticus and Tom Robinson because they. That's where, that's where the big details jumped out to me that were completely different. Because they said he, he was able to acquit Tom and that Tom lived his life. Yeah, and his arm was disfigured differently. His arm got chopped off by a, in a windmill accident. Yeah, it was amputated in this version where in the book it was, you know, just... I think, I believe in a windmill accident, which... Windmill or machinery, I can't remember I the she, exact... I think it was windmill. Yeah. There was that, but then Mayella, Bob Ewell's daughter, the one who accused Tom mm-hmm. Robinson yes. of rape, was also much younger in she Ghost of Watchmen. She was 14. I think she was 19 in the book. She was. Um, but yeah, he gets acquitted, which is a huge difference, because right? In the I mean, book, he he dies. Yeah. I mean, 
spoiler alert, but not really. Cause so those are, I mean, definitely things that tipped me off to be like, this is okay. There's, this was not written as a sequel. And then no. also the, the other thing that jumped out to me right away was almost a, immediately into the book. She talks about Jem being dead, right? Yeah. Jem is but not a part no, of it's it. Made, no, it's not really made of a big deal. It's very said matter of factly. Oh, my brother's dead. You know, it's not like it was written as for people who had read the book and that would have an emotional impact right. that that character was, yeah. not, you know, was dead. It was, it was more, so that was one thing that I read too. I was like, this probably wasn't written as a sequel because I don't think they would have presented that fact. So that he bluntly. was dead like that. Yeah. Well, and we do see Jem because the book does have quite a few of those childhood flashbacks that read. They aren't the same memories that are in To Kill a Mockingbird, but they read similarly, which when her publisher saw the book, he loved her writing she. style. She, the, the publisher, I apologize. That was so sexist of me. Um, she loved her writing style. It was her editor too, not her publisher. Well, fuck me. <laughs> you know, I'm trying my best here. You're right. I should know more about this. Um, but they wanted it edited into more of the, the childhood stories yeah. and that coming of age kind of Yeah. And I, feel. I, I'm from what I, what I read, it went through a lot of changes, a lot of discussion, a lot so of changes. Many. And this was definitely, I mean, I'm pretty sure from what I understand, this was like the first draft that she showed her editor and was like, right. and her editor was like, and it could, because there are some really interesting places in this book where there are flashbacks back to her, not just her, those three years from Tacoma Mockingbird where she was younger, but like to her adolescence where she's like right. old, older, 14, a little bit older. Yes which I found really interesting. So, I mean, I think I, I enjoyed reading the book quite a bit and I think it was still, I mean, it wasn't as well polished as no. To Kill a Mockingbird, but it was a first draft. So of course it's not going to be, but it right. still had some a really good, great writing in it. Yeah. It still had very beautiful sentiments, you know, and she's got that quick humor and yeah. those one liners that yeah. she kind of fits in there that I really like. But yeah, well we get the adolescent memories because they introduce, um, Hank or Henry in ghost at a watchman. Right. A completely different character that we are new character that we don't meet. In right. To Kill a Mockingbird. Because he arrives. Who is, who is what is Jem's friend? Jem's friend. So he comes to town for school and this would have been like when maybe she was 10, 11, something like that. I think mm -hmm. he came after the summers that were described in To Kill a Mockingbird and was Jem's friend. And so those flashbacks that she has, because she's still connected with him, she's essentially dating yeah, him. Yeah, he kind of takes the place of Jem. In Atticus's eyes, absolutely. In the story, too, I think functionally, other than the fact that he is kind of like a... He's romantic. A romantic interest. But, like, I think he, in a lot of other ways, he serves as that kind of, like, not necessarily a foil for Scout, but a different... I don't know. You know what I mean? They play... I mean, they... It's someone... It's a character similarly to Jem that she shared right. her childhood with and yeah. that she disagrees with and that yeah. she fights with, obviously, in a much different yes. way. But And this is very... I mean, To Kill a Mockingbird is obviously Scout's story, but this is much more Scout's story, I think. It's, it's much more, she's much more isolated in this book. Right. Because, because she, Dill is off in Italy, I think. Yes. After the war, he, he stayed, stayed over there. He stayed in the war. Um, in this story, he stayed over in But Europe. we still get Dill. We still get that, you know, 
representation. Yes. Of him. Yeah. Um, in this book. So she doesn't have Jem. She doesn't have Dill. And kind of the whole entire story is centered around her discovering Atticus is kind of bigoted uh, and not the man she yeah she thought he was exactly and like trying to come to terms with that it is a similar so in that way it's also isolating because she can't even have Atticus I mean doesn't even kind of loses that connection well even Hank Hank is a whole is a whole part of this yeah, so yeah. maybe we need to dis- for anyone who hasn't read the book and you should if you want to have an opinion about it because there we can't get into every single detail no. of what makes this book what I think is really important and poignant to me but the whole plot is she's been living in New York City and um, she comes home every now and then to visit Atticus who's aging and has some health issues so she's supposed to be home for two weeks visiting and while she's there she realizes and sees that Atticus and Hank are a part of the Maycomb Citizens Council which was I guess it was a similar um, phenomenon that happened in other southern states that were known for being anti-civil rights and you get this really odd weird scene where they have this very racist, very bigoted man calling for keeping schools separate but equal. And this is supposed to take place right after the Brown versus Board of Education. Yeah. What is the, what are the meeting called? The Citizens Make Home Citizens Council. Yeah. Yeah. Which is basically a a white supremacist group. Exactly. Um, Or that is how the most common, like the ones that were well known were known as white supremacist groups. They were white supremacists. They groups. were. Yeah. In this book, I think she's trying to soften it in terms of why Atticus is on it. But at the end of the day, it is right. white supremacist. I think there's the initial, she's tried to have the initial shock of, oh, well, Atticus is a white supremacist. And Hank. And Hank's there too. I mean, To he's, the character. And, and then as the reader, you're getting that same yes. shock. And then you are thrown into it in that same exact yeah, moment. Yeah, you scout. very much feel like the same way that that scout is feeling you in the feel book, it, yeah. especially because of To Kill a Mockingbird, how he's portrayed in that. Well, I don't think if we if you didn't have To Kill a Mockingbird and this was the main book, if it was closer to it, it I don't think it would have as much weight. That's the interesting thing. That is because it wasn't it wasn't clearly wasn't written as a sequel, but that is the interesting thing is it kind of has a, a little bit more significance. Uh, yes. It, it holds that a little bit more, which which I find interesting. Right, because we all have... At the end of the day, I think this book really shows us that we have all been Scout as readers. We view Atticus as this godlike, heroic, gentlemanly Southern man who is so different from his backwards, ignorant, bigoted neighbors. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden this book opens and it's in the first few chapters and they're like, oh, he's a part of basically a white supremacist group. Yeah. And he, I mean, and then later on in the book, there's a lot of discussion about like long discussions with her aunt and Atticus and her uncle about the motivation of Atticus doing it. I think it was meant to add nuance to it. It wasn't supposed to make it as black and white as it had appeared. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, it's such a it's such a difficult book to talk about with people who who've only heard well Atticus is a racist, right? 
And I'm not saying that that is he incorrect. Is. He has he definitely tendencies. is in the, in this book. Um, but it's still not as simple as that. You know what I mean? No. Well, with everything with Atticus, it's all about the basically law. the entire conversation she has with her aunt and uncle is like, yeah, he's a racist, but he's better than these other racists. I mean, that's kind of what it came down to, <laughs> which is a terrible argument. But yeah, yeah. What this book shows is that every character in it is afraid of change. Yeah. Atticus is afraid of it. Hank says he's, you know, he has to live in that town. Scout's afraid of it. Scout's afraid of the change she sees in her family and then in herself because. Yeah. I mean, and if you read this book, you'll understand the last four chapters are to me the most powerful and the most important chapters because you see this conversation she has with her uncle who's Atticus's brother where he's, he's this really eccentric character and he's trying to describe to her and make her see maybe from Atticus's point of view, like why he would be motivated to join this Mm -hmm. group that seems so out of character. Yeah. And then you get this explosive scene where she is basically spewing every thought that I would have if I was confronted with somebody who, was my idol and role model. Mm -hmm. And then they, you know, go and do something like that. I thought that was well done. That was well done. The writing was pretty good. The writing was very moving. I think the story was, was pretty good. It was to me, it was, it's like reading. It was cathartic. You were like, yes. Like you felt all the things. I I can understand why some people were like, Oh, and they completely changed Atticus. She completely changed Atticus's character. And it's, but this is where Atticus began. That's what, bothers me when people say she changed it. This was her original idea. Right, she changed it from this to to kill a mockingbird. To kill a mockingbird, right? And and I so that's found why it that's why like I, I I enjoyed reading it more I think going in knowing it wasn't a sequel necessarily. Right. I think if you look at it from a much more broad yeah angle and to be like this is a direct sequel and therefore everything is Cause you can't because the facts don't line up, but it's kind of interesting cause you can kind of get what she was going for with ghost head of Watchmen, right? Like yes. what she was trying to get across. I think you still get, so it's kind of interesting message, to think about yes. that and then how that morphed into to kill a mockingbird. Well, and I found some interesting information about that because it is such a, it's such a shift, right? Because yeah. this book is about adult scout and a relationship with her father right. who's aging and you know, failing in his health to a book that's mainly about her childhood yeah, and how she views her father and how that helps her grow as Interesting that to they, a woman. Still from, still from probably the scout in Ghost Out of Watchmen's perspective because she's narrating To Kill a Mockingbird, right? Yes. Probably they would be around the age. same age. I think so. Yeah. I think that would make sense. Um, because so like mid-20s. Yeah, because this is supposed to take place 20 years yeah. after you know right. To Kill a Mockingbird if you want to put it in a sequel sort of sense. But to and so when her editor read it she it was it's insinuated that she pushed her to become a little bit more progressive because they were in New York and her oh. editor grew up in the north from a um Quaker family interesting and they are you know pretty notoriously some of the more progressive people in terms of you know religious groups and so 
she was seen as someone who kind of ushered her into shaping Atticus into this more progressive yeah. figure. Well, one thing that I, we see, one thing I find really interesting now is to think going back to kind of my thoughts about like the autobiographical nature of To Kill yeah. a Mockingbird, maybe Ghost at a Watchman was actually closer to her actual real life experience. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But what I love most about this book and what I try to explain to people who are so adamantly against reading it because they have this image in their head of Atticus. The number one thing I say is these books are not about Atticus. To Kill a Mockingbird is not about him. Ghost Out of Watchmen is not about him. To me, it is about the relationships between a daughter and a son, a daughter and a father and a son and a father. Well, I see that's where I think the legacy of the movie comes in because yes, Atticus, like we had talked about before, Atticus very much is the star, the focal point of the movie. Yes. And I think people, so I think that kind of changed the way maybe people To Kill a Mockingbird and the books are thought of. That's true. Because you, for a lot yeah. of people, obviously not everybody, but for a lot of people, I think maybe. Well, yeah. Cause if you say you had to read this in an English class and you read the book and then you watch the movie, you know, in the same kind of unit, what you're going to be left with is that image of Gregory Peck playing Atticus yeah. in the courthouse. Exactly. It overshadows everything cause it's extremely powerful. And it the rest is. of the book is very, um, it's quieter, Yeah, but still I think interesting and powerful. That's my biggest thing is that I try to tell people is like, this is written from scouts perspective for a reason. Yeah. And that in essence, Atticus is this character who is helping scout or Jean Louise, as she's called in ghost at a watchman, discover her, her own identity. This whole book is about basically it's a quarter life crisis. Yeah. And I I get it doesn't work as a sequel. It doesn't. In in a lot of ways, but it, it's not meant to be, it wasn't written as one. Maybe, maybe it was published as one. Maybe that's how it was presented. But if I think if you go into it knowing, okay, this is the first draft, I think you, I I got a lot of it. I I found it really interesting still. I still find it so powerful. I enjoyed it a lot. And, and it's so odd because it's not a sequel, but yet to having read to kill a mockingbird influences so much of those last few chapters because it was weird because sometimes I was reading it and it felt like a first draft. And sometimes I was reading it, it did feel like some sections were like a sequel. Yes. I know they weren't intended to be, but when I was reading it, because I had read to kill a mockingbird before I was, that's kind of how it was playing out in my mind a little bit, you know? Oh yeah. And that's, that's why it's such a unique yeah. Piece of work. What I find interesting is that this manuscript, I guess no one knew about it or it was lost or something and it was rediscovered in 2011 in a safety deposit box or something in, in Monroeville where Harper yeah. Lee's hometown. Well, it's this huge controversy because when it was published, Harper, the publishers are like, Harper's really involved. Harper was deaf and blind from yeah. a stroke. And her, her sister, Alice, passed away, and she was kind of the executor of her estate. She was, so who took over the estate? Nobody. Her family was gone. She was alone. Wait, there was no one else to take over? No one else. So, so who decided the, that it was okay? Someone must I have signed off on the, the publication. Public, here's where it gets cloudy, and this is why... And I understand people not wanting to read this book because 
of it seems like they were they took advantage of an old woman who has always been she kept that manuscript in a lockbox for a reason she's always been really private she's never been this self-promoting yeah. woman she's not one for for a money grab in my opinion i don't think she no is if that she person. was she would have she would she wouldn't have sat on it for she would 55 have years done what jk rowling's doing right now and completely cashed in every way shape and form she could i mean she, the, jk she, she did the us. movie and the book and then that was it she didn't do anything else and to my knowledge she didn't even right? write the screenplay for she the never movie. published another book no yeah and this book it was a first draft and i see why she saved it it was obviously important to her but yeah. i get why people are upset about that and i understand it i still think it has really important messages in it that yeah i would definitely powerful. say it's worth reading i definitely it's i found it very interesting just don't go into it thinking of it as a sequel necessarily no. and don't go into it thinking it's going to be you know to kill him on to kill a mockingbird's level because it was a first draft and there was right. a lot of work put it's into not it as fine after that first draft to get it to where it was at right to be considered the masterpiece that to kill a mockingbird is right right so i i think that's where a lot of the people the controversy came in was the mischaracterizations but again that's not really harper lee's fault because it was her first draft and and then also the way it was published yeah it made it really cloudy that being said i did really i really enjoyed it it's a quick read it's a quick read and i if you read it back to back i suggest that to me if you read them back to back what you see is to kill a mockingbird is the book that builds Atticus into this hero yeah, and go set a watchman is kind of that old adage of never to kill a mockingbird builds into a God and go set a watchman tears him back down. To yeah. Be it's human. kind of that idea of never meet your heroes because you'll be disappointed. And this instance, Atticus is scouts hero. Yeah. So what happens when you realize that they're just, they're just a fucking human who has faults and flaws yeah. and makes mistakes. And that person also is your father and is the one person who helped you form your entire identity. Definitely. I mean, the whole, there's an entire section in there where she's, she's just raging and she's upset because she's like, well, if you I were a shittier person, I wouldn't feel as bad because yeah. you taught me w everything that I base my identity on. Yeah. The way I view humanity, the way I view equality. And so well, I think that's a very, oh, as she, isn't it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of elegance in the way that she did design, wrote that story. I mean, it, how good it is for being a first draft is kind of insane to me too. It's so because good. I mean, I don't know. I think I can relate in some ways and I think a lot of people can relate I in some, a lot of ways can. because when you're a kid, you're looking at the adults in your life and you do think, Oh, they're these all knowing fucking yes. gods, you know, and then you grow up and you realize that's not the case. And they're people. Um, maybe not to the same extremes that happen in this book, but there, I think a lot of people do have to grapple with that fact of this is just a human being overall. Um, I think it was a good book. I think it was I want everybody to read it. Well written for how first draft. I mean, even not for first draft. I just enjoyed the fact that I got to read more of Harper Lee's writing because I enjoy it a lot. When it's good, it's, my God, is it good? Yeah. There are a lot of problems with it, but none of it, is because of the way she she wrote she it. intended it right right that's kind of thing i think everything all the criticism falls on the publisher and some of it rightly so for sure yeah and it's i'm just so intrigued as to what would have happened had she been in a state to 
make it into the the novel she had first envisioned? Like, what if... I don't think she would have. Because the novel that she envisioned died when she wrote To Kill a Mockingbird, right? It, it morphed. But that was at the behest of her publishers and her editors. This yeah. was the original... And not that I'm not that I'm saying she's upset at all or feels slighted because she had to she it was edited into a slightly different story. Yeah. But this is obviously a much different tone, right? Yeah, definitely. It's completely opposite of To Kill a Mockingbird in the sense of building up this hero and setting good values and imparting wisdom into well, you're just basically full of shit, Atticus. Right. I don't know. They're, they're different. And I just want people to read them as like, they're kind of companion pieces. Like they go hand in hand. It's almost, but I would say you could almost read it as like a little bit of like an alternate reality. Like a fanfic, <laughs> fan fiction. Not necessarily a fan fiction. Cause it's the original author still. Yeah. But like, yeah, just like an alternate reality of what might've happened. But I, I also just, it's one of those things where the original material will always to, in my mind stand alone as, yes. as that. Yes. And then everything else is, I enjoy it, but it's, it's separate, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of how I viewed Ghost at a Watchman. It is, it is his own separate To Kill a Mockingbird entity. is the original Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> and then Ghost <laughs> of the Watchman is everything else that came afterwards. Still enjoyable, but Maybe yeah. it's it's always going to be separate in my mind. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think... Right. I think I, I tell everybody if they like To Kill a Mockingbird that they have to read it. Definitely. And I would love it if teachers would teach Maybe them just together. go get it from the library so that you're not getting giving the publishers any more money. Yeah, there you go. If you feel or, uh, guilty about you that. Know, illegally download it. I don't want to, I guess. Why would you do that? We're going to... The FBI listens to everything. Not this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Only our mothers and maybe not even them because they're busy people. Oh, we were going to do the Goodreads. What did you think you it got on Goodreads? Because this Oh, is... I bet it's... Oh, I think a lot of people hated this book. So I'm going to say probably... There's going to be some people who is going to be very divisive. I'm going to say... I'm going to split it right down the middle. I'm going to say 2.5. Oh shit. Two and a half stars out of five. It is 3.3. Not nearly as many reviews. Wasn't To Kill a Mockingbird like a 3.9? No, no. It was a 4.6. Was it? Yeah. Check it. Oh my God. Oh, it was 4.27. I think, uh, no, you know what it is? I guessed five and you said 4.6. Yeah, that's what it was. So 4.27 was To Kill a Mockingbird. Ghost had a Watchman had a 3.33. I honestly thought it might have been lower, I but thought, I'm glad I it's it was not. Lower. Yeah, because so some people probably agree with our us with I our hope. opinions. Well, so. and I'm validated because your uncle is an English teacher, and I was talking to him about it when we were reading it, and mm-hmm. he basically validated all of my feelings. So now I believe that I am correct, and my ego is huge about this book. So fucking fight me. That'll be the hashtag for this episode. <laughs> Go set a watchman's good. Fucking fight me. On the internet. I'm going to take a more measured approach. I'm not. MB, it was pretty good. Don't fight me. I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to fight? No. 
you know you'll lose that's why yeah that's true (laughs) all right um i think that pretty much sums up ghost at a watchman um was there anything else you wanted to go over for if you get me started i'm just there was there so there is a a new play oh yeah written by aaron sorkin so aaron sorkin was the screenwriter for the social network um which is a crazy good movie I have And kind seen of it. insane how entertaining it is because when I first heard they were making a movie about the f- founder of Facebook, a I was nerd like, that's going to be boring as yeah. fuck. And he made it very entertaining. I don't know how historically accurate, how accurate it is to what actually happened, the actual events, but he also did the Steve Jobs movie, um, which I haven't seen, which I, which I need to watch. Um, I think he did another recent movie, maybe Molly's Game was the name of that one. Anyways, he, he's well-known, a pretty um, highly regarded screenwriter. Is, he's well-known for his dialogue. Is this his first you know, foray into playwriting? I don't know. I know he's mostly done television and movies. Okay. Because it's um, such a different thing to write for. He did. He also did Newsroom on HBO. I'm not sure if he's... I know, I know that one of his mentors, I think, was a pretty highly regarded playwright. Okay. I believe. Cool. So he, I think he's been in that world before. I don't okay. know if he's ever actually written a play before, but right. anyways, he's adapted to kill a mockingbird for a uh, Broadway production and starring Jeff Bridges. No, no, no. Jeff Daniels, which to me is crazy because he will Jeff Bridges. I would love to see that. That would actually be but I'm just picturing the dude in jellies yeah, in I the Southern too. court. Yeah. But like, well, that's just, he's got his opinion, white, he's man. got his white Russian. <laughs> his only defense as a defense <laughs> lawyer is that, well, that's just like your opinion. Yeah. Man. Like that's honestly like fucking great. Cause you're just going to come up against that every time people are going to get frustrated. Yeah. Let's re- let's make that movie. Let's do it. But back to Jeff. Did you know my dad met Jeff Daniels? Fun side story. I forgot about my this. dad met Jeff Daniels in a um, comedy club here in the Midwest. Didn't they have a drink or two together? More. More. Than that. Really? <laughs> yes. Jeff Daniels. Wow. Jeff Daniels partied back in the late 90s. And this was. This doesn't surprise me at all. No, not. And my dad, my dad had a seat at this comedy club because it flooded and he was in carpeting then one of his many, you know, career paths. And mm-hmm. so he recarpeted the place and he gave them a discounted price. So he always had a booth at the comedy club. Why was Jeff Daniels doing at a comedy club? I think club? he did stand up for a while. Oh, I didn't know that. And I mean, this was, you know, probably coming up on his dumb and dumber days. Yeah. Which to me, I'm sorry. He's the guy from Dumb and Dumber. And he's also. He's got amazing range, though. No, because the only other. What was a show he was in that he was. Is it an HBO show? He's in Newsroom. Was it Newsroom? Because I remember when that video clip was going around the Internet. Yes, that was. And all I just remember is him yelling Yosemite (laughs) at one point and saying how America's shit. So that was Newsroom. That was Aaron Sorkin's dialogue. He was saying too. Well, that, I mean, that's a powerful video, but he's still just a shaggy man who's stuck to the back of Jim Carrey because he pissed himself on a moped. Yes. Who has a van that. Oh, he was also in The Martian. I forgot about that. Jeff Daniels was in The Martian? Yeah, he played, I think, the director of NASA. Um, Well, maybe that means he's a great actor if I can't even pick him out of the crowd. 
Uh, he's in another, he's in a Hulu show, show, new Hulu show called the looming tower. I think about the, the lead up to the nine 11 oh. terrorist attacks. He was in speed. My God. Why not? Looper. I forgot he was in that movie. Is he secretly just Bruce Willis? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> oh, he was in the Steve Jobs movie. Okay. Well, fuck. He's just he, Aaron Sorkin's best bud. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Well, Aaron tried to take some liberties with the play, right? Because I remember this yes, was also so, so, controversial. Um, well, I guess... So, from what I understand, the main thing he changed was he realized that To Kill a Mockingbird is Scout's story, right? So yeah. I, what he wanted to do was pull the focus more to Atticus. And so they really, I think they added more to Atticus's storyline to go th- give him more to kind of change his character, right? Because in, in To Kill a Mockingbird, it's really the kids that are go- undergoing a lot of changes throughout right. the story. They're right? literally they're the growing ones, up. They're the ones faced with the the kind of uh, the consequences the of conflict the of the movie. And I mean, this, yeah. they're the ones focused on what's going through their heads in the book. Right. I yes. think, I think the play he was trying to shift that more to Atticus and see how give an insight more into how it affected Atticus. Okay. His, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of what they're doing. So it's, it's from what I understand, it's quite a bit different than, I mean, the the bones of the story are still there, but the yeah. interpretation, I'm sure the dialogue is completely different. Just knowing right. Aaron, having watched some of Aaron's work and stuff, he's got a very distinct style. It's right. almost like, it's almost like music, his dialogue. It's got like a rhythm to it. Right. So that's a big part of his writing and a big part of his movies. So I assume, I assume it's probably got a pretty unique take on it. Well, and Atticus in the book is very quiet and measured. And when you're on Broadway, that is a stage you have to fill. Yeah. So I can see how you would want to write it. Same same situation with the movie, right? Right. So yeah, it's probably quite a bit different. I I don't know. I don't, I haven't seen any of the reactions to it. I'm not sure how how it's being received. You can't find the play online. I tried looking for the screenplay, the the script online and I couldn't find it, which I mean, makes sense. It's a new play. It's very new. Very new. I think it just just started maybe January this year. I kind of want to go to take a trip out to New York and watch it just because I'm I'm curious. Oh, I bet you couldn't get tickets. No, probably not. I mean, I don't think it'll be the next Hamilton so, by any means, but no, um, that is such a beloved story. But yeah, so that's that's kind of another adaptation that caught my eye. I know there's also a graphic novel that came out mm-hmm. last year, I think. Yeah. Um, of To Kill a Mockingbird, and I think it's just. I don't think they really tried to add anything to the story. I think they just tried to, to give it the, right. you know, the artwork. I'm just, I just know that with the play that her estate had issues with some of Aaron Sorkin's adaptations. Yeah. That was I'm, one thing I read too, is that Aaron Sorkin tried to change some stuff that I don't know who was the one who objected to it. It must've been somebody at her estate. She, but she, I mean, yeah. in the play, they were going to have Atticus, um, have a gun in his closet that he kept and he, they were going to have him drink whiskey. And I guess 
somebody swearing. read somebody had to give approval on the script and they read it and they were like no you can't put that in there yeah we want to protect Atticus's image which is interesting because they published Ghost Out of Watchmen which completely changes Atticus's right. image so um yeah so I know that in was in some regards I mean I would say that he he still well, is quiet and he still is it changes it, it changes it changes it from what it was from absolutely to kill a but i still think that he's like if, that, if what they were trying to do is prevent it from cheapening the character or taking away from his the way he was viewed as like a honorable person or right then i don't know i don't really get that decision but so anyways somebody had object, objected to those changes and i mean which makes sense if you're trying to be consistent with the kill a mockingbird it makes sense because he didn't drink and he was very against guns very other against than, guns other than when he, you know, needed to use it in one instance in the book with the with the rabbit dog, but right. So that's yeah, that's another adaptation that I kind of read a little bit about is that that new play. I think that's a, a testament to the the story itself is that the people are still finding relevance in it enough to kind of create a new adaptation. Yeah, I'll be interested to see once we get more info about the play like yes. more critics reviews and yeah and maybe we just need to look deeper into yeah. it but yeah that's i think that's pretty much all i had for for the our first footnotes that's what i'll keep it to for myself because i have about 15 pages of notes from reading the book <laughs> yeah. because that's just who i yeah, am we could have gotten much deeper into the book but we're oh, not yeah. here to give a complete literature review. Yeah, just read the book. Yeah, go read the book. Form your own opinion. Tell us what you think. Tell about us what it. you think. Uh, you can Fight email me us on the internet about you it. You can email us at sourcematerialpod at gmail dot com. Yep. Um, thoughts, suggestions of books or adaptations you want us to cover. We have our ideas, but we're also looking for adaptations that we've never and heard there's of so many out there there's so many so I'm, I'm curious to see what other people want to want to hear about yeah um you can also follow us on instagram instagram and facebook we're at source material pod and twitter twitter's at source mat pod and those will give just kind of updates on what we're working on when we're going to release, release episodes dates. um give you a heads up so you can read along the week before um we yeah put out the episode so you can brush if, up if you really enjoy it um please subscribe to whatever 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 um, platform, platform you're, listening. you're listening on we'll be back within our next episode immediately because we're releasing the first yep, few so right we've away. got three out what do we have slated next what's our so next up next adaptation is a Wrinkle in Time. Ooh, I'm excited to get into this I'm one. excited. I've never read this book. We both have never read I just started read reading it, but I know the movie was very... Not, not received not well. Not well received. Let's put it that way. Which sucks because it's a woman of color directing and producing and yeah. a really great cast. I think it's one of those movie curses where you have a great cast and even they can't fucking save it. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to dig into. Cause we, time. we've not read it. We've not seen the movie. We're coming in both of us completely unaware. So exactly. It'll be interesting. Well, well thanks for listening. Thanks for listening until next time. Until next time. Until next time.